0: Ladies, gentlemen, fellas, 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 I give you the best day of the week on Monday, starting your week off fresh, the restart to it, one week of football in the books. Myself, personally, could not have had more fun did all the pregame stuff. We were live yesterday. We went live for almost two hours, hour and 45 minutes, then went down to the bar where there was just difference. Every single different football team there cheering for their teams, fan bases, cheering for all their fantasy teams. It was just a mecca. It was fantastic. I hope you all had a fantastic start to your football day yesterday and Sunday. And now we get treated as we always do in week one of the NFL season with a nice two game slate. And the way that DraftKings has it is they do have showdown leads. They do have pretty big prize pools for the showdown slate. I personally am just going to be covering the two-game slate because that's got a $350,000 prize pool to first. I'll be live later on today before the first game kicks off for Monday Night Football on this channel, probably about for 45 minutes to an hour, maybe around 5, 5.30 p.m. East Coast time, so be sure to hit the notification bell and set your reminder so you get that bad boy. Come in live then, ask any of your questions, but right now we're going to be going down through the two-game slate position by position as we normally do for these types of slates. It's not going to be a showdown breakdown because we're going for the two-game slate. I'm not going to be going over any of the showdown stuff, so if you get in the comment section with Sabo, what about the showdown prices. I haven't even looked at the showdown prices yet. Whenever there's an option to play a two-game slate over a showdown slate, I will be taking that option because it's just a much better experience, at least personally for me. And I think it is just overall, it's less random, although it's still very random for it's just two games instead of having a full slate, but it's much less random than just one game where every single yard on every single play switches the results by like thousands in the rankings on DraftKings, FanDuel, whatever sites you're playing on. Another site that you should consider playing on is Monkey Knife Fight. If you have not yet already, Monkey Knife Fight is going to be the sponsor of today's show. Promo code SALNFL will get you a free play over there five free bucks and an extra free contest and my daily fantasy course nfl guide so i made about a 10 hour course or so it's got a bunch of downloadables so far people who have gotten it for free through this offer in the last week or two have had a ton of fun with it and have dm me on twitter saying some positive things so it's 10 plus hours of videos there's a bunch of downloadables i made it last year you'll get that included in there as well as some promotional stuff for monkey knife fight free place things like that using the promo code SALNFL. throughout this video i'll kind of touch on some of the props right now on monkey knife fight that are looking pretty decent a lot of their fantasy props are becoming pretty efficient but i'm looking at ryan Tannehill today i'm looking at Derek Henry and, De- and AJ Brown in this Tennessee and Denver game. That's where I'm liking some of the more or lesses, and we'll talk about them when we get to those specific players. So buckle up, we're right back here with the two game slate, and then the content's going to keep on flowing. If you ever want to know where my content is or when it's coming out, see here on YouTube, the podcast, Patreon, some other features and stuff during the week. On Twitter, I'll be hitting up my schedule for every single week. You can check it out over there. We're gonna have content on Tuesday, double content Wednesday, double content Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every single day of the week, starting right now with this bad boy in a stream later on. Let's get into it. Hitting that like button for me one time we crushed through 27,000 subscribers you all are wild you all are crazy thank you for joining this community and please do hit that subscribe button as it pops up on the screen right now let's get into this bad boy starting with the quarterback position we'll go through based on the salary right we'll go through in salary order starting with big ben ben roethlisberger and the last time that we saw big ben for an entire season obviously he only plays two games last year right and his two games last year he starts off the year against the patriots and it was not good 57 completion percentage 276 yards no passing touchdowns and an interception seven rushing yards only 9.7 fantasy points and that was the introduction to this fantastic Patriots secondary that we knew of last year. Then he goes out against the Seattle Seahawks and he gets injured pretty quick after 75 passing yards. If you check back to 2018 though, Big Ben and the Steelers offense is probably at least passing game wise the best in the league. And a lot of that is going to be credited to Big Ben, but also the fact that they had Antonio Brown at the time. If you do recall, the Big Ben led the league in 2018 with 5,129 passing yards. He led the league in most attempts overall with 675 attempts, 42.2 per game. Steelers passed the most per game at 44.6. Last year, you can scrap the season. Big Ben only plays about a game, a game and a quarter or so. And then they're forced to play Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges and a bunch of just stuff happens that's not great. James Conner gets hurt again. Juju Smith's hurt again. These terrible quarterbacks that they're playing. It's really tough to get an overall gauge on the Steelers offense. Their defense was fantastic. I mean, top five in almost every single category. Number one, run defense, according to Pro Football Focus. Number one, pressure defense, according to Pro Football Focus. Top five, secondary, according to Pro Football Focus. And a lot of that has to do with trading for Minka Fitzpatrick from the Dolphins early in the year from a division rival. But on the offensive side of it, yeah, it's the first game in pretty much a year at this point. A number one off, Two years ago, and he had a very good camp. A lot of the concerns were oh, Big Ben's not taking his offseason seriously. He's doing yoga and just eating barbecue food and ice cream. It's literally what he's saying, and he doesn't really care about offseason training at this point in his career. Is that really going to stop him? Is he not going to look good? All reports out of camp were that he looked fantastic. He looks fine. That's all we have to go off of because we don't have any preseason games, right? We don't have any tape of Big Ben since this injury outside of him throwing in practice. Now he goes up against a much improved secondary, which is almost easy by nature for this New York Giants team. That was terrible last year with just rookies in the slot and on the outside that were some of the worst in the league. They get James Bradbury, who was a very underrated and good cornerback from the Carolina Panthers. Then they end up signing Logan Ryan, who is a slot cornerback for the Tennessee Titans, who's one of the best slot cornerbacks in the league. He was targeted often, but overall rating-wise and pro football focus, he's very good on a lot of those targets. You're going to get Logan Ryan in the slot against Juju. You're going to get James Bradbury on the outside against pick your poison of Deontay Johnson slash James Washington to start the game. Maybe some of the rookie out of Notre Dame, Jace Claypool. So it's going to be some tough matchups overall, but not a lot of pass rush for the Giants. They were so, so run defense last year and they're secondary when it comes to safeties. And then after that, after it comes to just Logan Ryan in the slot, and James Bradbury, not much there. You're on a slate where there's not a lot of quarterback depth. I don't really like Big Ben on this slate. I have him as a yes right now because I think just out of all these options, I think he might end up throwing the most or just have the overall best upside because of the fact that he has a 25.75 team total, four points higher than any other game on the slate, five points higher than the third highest total on the slate. Right, so, so I'm just going to be leaning on that side that this team is going to score points, and if they're going to score points, it's a seven thousand dollar quarterback, which is definitely not an outrageous price point for a two game slate. So I think Big Ben is obviously fine. I think going down to Daniel Jones is fine. It's a very scary matchup. This defense is supposed to be and should be elite once again for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Daniel Jones is mobile. That. Helps Helps him a little bit. Saquon Barkley, they want to use "quote unquote" camp, as they said, as right now Christian McCaffrey. He's catching a ton of passes, like he did his rookie year with Eli Manning out of the backfield. That can only help Daniel Jones. But this team last year was very good in pressure. The Giants tried to shore up their bad offensive line last year, which has been a problem for some years now. With an overall top four pick in the NFL draft, they ended up taking an offensive lineman. They did some things in free agency. It is yet to be seen. It is going to be put to the test in Week One. Daniel Jones at six thousand dollars. I think it's a fair price point. You get a thousand dollars savings for a guy who, yes, they only have a twenty implied team total, but pretty much all the rest of the games at this point are hovering around twenty. You have. Denver at 18.75 Tennessee at 21.75 and the fact that you know Daniel Jones is going to be trailing underdogs in this game by six points at least you expect a little bit more passing and he has a ton of weapons not just Saquon out of the backfield Evan Ingram who's going to be a tight end that moves out of the middle of the field in the slot often Sterling Shepard Golden Tate as long as he's healthy Darius Lyon on the outside for upside this team is loaded with weapons and although the Steelers defense is going to be good Mike Hilton Joe Hayden I mean Steve Nelson was probably their best cornerback last year Mike Hilton in the slot Joe Hayden who they've had now a couple of years from the Cleveland Browns these are all very good cornerbacks and then you have Minka Fitzpatrick in the secondary it's a good secondary. It just comes down to the fact that it's a two-game slate. I'm probably going to be targeting early on the quarterbacks in this Pittsburgh Giants game. Uh, the quarterbacks in Tennessee and Denver, we can get to now Ryan Tannehill, Drew Locke. I have my projections right now. My highest projected quarterbacks are those first two, and you can probably expect that based on the price point. But even if I filter it by value right now, Daniel Jones is looking like my best value. Ben Roethlisberger actually looks like the worst value, but that's going to be the whole point of it. He's $7,000 compared to guys in the 5K range, but he projects out for about three to four more fantasy points. So all these quarterbacks are in play. I'm not excluding any of them from my crunches later on when I do a bunch of lineups. On the live stream we can go over kind of what that's looking like where my exposures are falling i'm still going to be stacking maybe not full-on game stacks and large field GBps i still might on a two game slate but i'm definitely going to be team stacking in every single one of my gpp lineups. so yeah i think right now the way that it looks ben roethlisberger and daniel jones are definitely guys that i'm looking at the most based on their projected value daniel jones best projection per value for me right now but then if you look at tennessee and denver with drew lock and ryan Tannehill, it's not like they pretty much look like coin flips right at their price points they're pretty much looking like coin flips i had them separated by about a point overall in fantasy they have a 300 difference so for me they look look like the exact same player i have interest in both of them last year denver was a top 10 secondary and they were very efficient offense tennessee ryan Tannehill being the number one yards per attempt guy ryan Tanhill being the number one play action passing guy we'll see if that happens again they also have a very good run defense denver so they might actually force ryan Tanhill to throw a little bit more although this team is going to be favored by three points and on the drew lock side of it they got good pieces they got good weapons but a lot of them are banged up kj hamler banged up right now Cortland sutton banged up will he play this is going to be a manageable secondary Will there's malcolm butler who has not been that great they just lost logan ryan like i was talking about logan ryan hasn't now move to another game on this slate, the New York Giants. So their secondary is not going to be as stout maybe as it was last year. They kind of overproduced and maybe even overachieved last year as a secondary as a whole, What you're going to get really out of the secondary this year is going to be Tristan Fulton. Jonathan Joseph is going to be uh, probably not even moving into the slot. He'll probably move to the outside now. Replacing Logan Ryan, who was a stud and really a, a captain of this defense is going to be Fulton. Then you still have Malcolm Butler, who was not good last year and has not been good now for about two years. And if Cortland Sutton plays, it's going to be a huge advantage for Sutton against Malcolm Butler, which is going to definitely help Drew Locke. That's where I'm at with the quarterbacks right now. They're all going to be in play. It's going to really come down to just what the stacking pieces look like. A lot of that will be coming down to if Golden Tate and a guy in Cortland Sun actually go out there and can play today. So let's get into the running back positions right now. This is where we can kind of get a more wholesome view of the slate since we already have the quarterbacks in the passing game. What about the running game? Well, Saquon is on the slate. He's $8,000. I much prefer Saquon Barkley to Derrick Henry. It's not even close. Yes, Saquon Barkley is a six point underdog. Well, then there you go. You're going to probably get six to eight targets out of him. Pittsburgh was number two in run defense last year, but the CMC role that they've been talking about in camp, all the beat writers are saying Saquon Barkley is catching everything. They're using him everywhere. In the field. They're using him in a Christian McCaffrey-esque role, almost like he was his rookie year. He's got an improved offensive line that's only going to be probably the best offensive line he's maybe ever run behind. There were some decent offensive lines at Penn State when he was there, but for the most part, they're all kind of shaky, especially on the left side of the field. Saquon for me in all formats is going to be somebody that I am definitely getting to. Right now, I have Saquon Barkley if I want to just peek by my projections. All my projections and rankings for this slate are up on Patreon right now if you're a priority or Hall of Fame member. I'll be live later on tonight on YouTube, so be sure to check that. But I have Saquon Barkley projected for about three more fantasy points than anybody else in the slate. That person's name is going to be Derek Henry. I have Saquon Barkley as the third overall best value play, even though he's the most expensive, which just shows you how good of a play he is in the slate. Yes, expect him to have some of the highest ownership on the slate. But if a guy in Saquon Barkley goes out there and gets the overall usage and touches that we're expecting of somewhere at least a minimum of 15 with 20 plus touch upside, and he's going to be involved in the red zone for probably around a touchdown in this game. Yes, if he scores even 16 to 17 fantasy points on the slate, it's hard for other people to match that. Derek Henry, I'm going to be a little bit lower on only because of the price point being very close to Saquon Barkley. And I don't know if I want to be stacking Derek Henry and Saquon Barkley. It becomes difficult then on a two-game slate to fit the rest of the pieces in. There's definitely cheap wide receivers you can go to. All the tight ends are basically cheap on this slate as well. So it's not out of the question at all, especially since he's a three-point favorite. It is a rough matchup versus Denver's interior defensive line, which was number one in run defense on the interior last year in 2019. But the game flow is in the favor of Derrick Henry. They're saying he might catch more passes. It's only the rookie Darrington Evans behind him as Deion Lewis, the former Tennessee Titan, is now also on this slate, but now backing up Saquon Barkley, which is kind of a quiet off season move. So Derrick Henry, I do have projected out pretty decently. It's just not as good as Saquon Barkley for a $500 difference. James, Connor, look, I don't like him in season long because I'm worried about injury status. I'm worried about the fact that they have a bunch of running backs behind him that still made the roster. Jalen Samuel, they drafted in the third round Anthony McFarlane, who was an electric back out of Maryland. They still have Benny Snell who had a great offseason and they're raving about him in camp right now. But for week one, he's healthy, right? He's healthy right now. And I'm gonna take that advantage against the Giants defense that maybe last year compared to their secondary was the best part of their defense because their secondary was just so bad. Passers was not there either. But really for the most part, they're not that great of a run defense. James Conner, we obviously know what he can do in the passing game. You get Big Ben back now, a twenty-five point seven five team total. Total, and he has the largest spread for a running back, a six point spread on this slate. Right now, James Conner is my number two value play in the slate at the running back position. I have him projected for close points to Derek Henry, and he's $1,100 cheaper, which is leading me to more James Conner. That's why he's a yes right now over Derek Henry. And then I have interest in both of the Denver running backs. Right now, Melvin Gordon is my number one value play in the slate at the running back position, but he is projected for less than all the guys that we've already talked about above him. I think that him and Philip Lindsay are definitely in play. I'm expecting Gordon. They're saying, oh, it could be 50-50. Uh, Philip Lindsay has kind of pushed a 50-50 split. I'm not buying it yet. I'm expecting Gordon to see at least 60 to 65% of the workload, get a lot of the goal line work right now. I think he's probably going to end up being a little bit touchdown dependent since they still have Royce Freeman, since they still have Phillip Lindsay to kind of get involved in the passing game. Although between me and you, I think Melvin Gordon is the best pass catching running back on this team as well. Philip Lindsay was losing work to Royce Freeman last year because Philip Lindsay was inefficient in the passing game. People think he was a great pass catching running back. He can catch passes, but he did absolutely nothing after that. But I think that's it for where I'm going to be getting to running backs. They're too close in price point for me to want to go to more Philip Lindsay, unless the ownership is overwhelmingly there. But as of right now, I'm going to be getting to a lot more of Melvin Gordon. I have Melvin Gordon projected for four more fantasy points than Philip Lindsay, and it's only a $200 difference. After that, I'm not really interested in Benny Snell's or Dion Lewis's or any of these guys. None of those guys do I have projected for more than five fantasy points at the end of this roster. Jalen Samuels and Darrington Evans, I have projected in the fours. They're going to need like a touchdown to become relevant on the slate. They are cheap at $4,000, but they're going to need a touchdown. I do think that you can stack three running backs. I mean, I think that I would be trying to do it in definitely some lineups. I'm assuming the optimizer will do it for me. But There's a lot of wide receivers to filter through and you can make more unique lineups by putting a wide receiver in your flex on a two game slate. But there's definitely in Enough running back talent here. I say five good ones that I have interest in that you can definitely filter around some running backs to get some unique lineups in your flex spot. Now that we're about halfway done, I will also call out once again that the sponsor of the show is indeed Monkey Knife Fight. Monkey Knife Fight. If you use the promo code SALNFL, all one word S A L N F L, if you're listening on the podcast version or if you're on YouTube, SALNFL will get you five free dollars to play over there right away. It'll also go ahead and get you a free contest for future use. And now, if we just want to take a quick little peek at Monkey Knife Fight, some of the props that, at least based on my projection, that I'm going to be liking a little bit more right now: Sterling Shepard's fantasy points. It's about even. It's it's pretty much spot on. So look looking at these props right now, we can kind of go into them in the Tennessee and Denver game at the quarterback position, Ryan Tannehill, they have an over under a more or less of 17 and a half fantasy points. I personally have Ryan Tannehill projected for 15.9. That's a wide enough difference of over 1.5 fantasy points that I'm going to be taking the less there. I'm taking the less on Ryan Tannehill. And in that same game mode, you have Derrick Henry projected for 18.5 fantasy points. I have Derrick Henry projected for less than 17. So if you wanted to choose here, you have to pick three out of four correctly. I'll give you the two that I would be taking. I'd be taking the less on Ryan Tannehill. I'd be taking the less on Derrick Henry to start you off. Then you have to choose between Drew Lock and A.J. Brown at that point. So that's just an example of that. How the game works is very simple. It's more or less on fantasy points. You could do more or less on receptions, things like that. Some of the other fantasy points on here are Jerry Judy, more or less 12 and a half fantasy points. I currently have Jerry Judy projected pretty decently, right? But nowhere near 12 and a half fantasy points. So I'd be taking the under there as well. But with the stipulation of that if Cortland Sutton is out, Jerry Judy's 12 and a half fantasy points is a little bit more efficient. And then I'd probably stay away from it or if anything, lead the over there. So again, check out monkey You can check it out. It's linked below in the description. Again, you get the five dollars, you get the free contest and my NFL daily fantasy course, which I lay over last summer a ton he's gonna to have 10 hours of videos and helpful stuff to help you win build better lineups in dfs think about strategy more often think about the math side of it a little bit more you can check all that out linked down below getting into the wide receivers we do have some wide receiver injuries that we're going to have to track right now uh, there's a couple of minor ones as well so you have kj hamler you have golden tate you have quote inside, and a couple of smaller ones that we probably don't really need to mention all that much either but just looking at this right now juju smith schuster most expensive player i'm a little bit concerned here he's gonna to have to go up against logan ryan who i was just talking about how good of a player that he is logan ryan returns home to new york and in my opinion is a stud slot cornerback. It's a sketchy matchup for him, but Juju does have about 20 pounds on Logan Ryan, which is an advantage. We obviously know that Juju is the number one on this team, but there's a lot of talented wide receivers on the outside that might actually get better matchups. The running game is probably going to have better matchups. The tight ends are going to have better matchups than a guy in Juju. You're just taking the talent here. At the price point of $7,200. He's clearly in play for me, but he's not the best value play by any means on the slate at the wide receiver position. I actually don't have him as that great of a value play. I just have him projected for a lot of fantasy points. But if I filter it by value, Juju's not even in my top eight on this slate at wide receivers in overall value. If I filter it by projections, then yeah, Juju's one of my top three projected players. But that's when you start asking yourself, do I want to spend up for Juju? If I'm only playing one lineup, if you're playing a ton, obviously you're going to get Juju. Do I want to start spending up and just playing Juju? And then I'm losing the opportunity to play a guy like Derrick Henry. I'm losing an opportunity to play a guy like Saquon in my lineup together. I'd rather be playing those running backs together, who I know we're going to see touches in okay matchups, but are talented as well, than Juju, who I'm not sure if he's going to see touches in the slot, if he gets a little bit shut down. Next up, AJ Brown is somebody that I do like. Look, I have AJ Brown projecting out similar to Juju and he's $1,200 cheaper. How do I not like that? He has a strong matchup on the outside against Harris, who he has 26 pounds of advantage on right now. Give me that. I'm hoping Cortland Sutton plays because he'll likely face Malcolm Butler, who has been very bad. It'd be a plus 20% advantage, the best on the night tonight for Cortland Sutton against any of the cornerbacks in any of these games right now. He has 28 pounds on Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler was graded as a 65 last year. I have Cortland Sutton at $5,600 looking also a lot like Juju, looking like AJ Brown, and he's only in the 5k range. So Cortland Sutton, if he's healthy and he's good to go, looks like a strong option. And then back to back to back in the pricing is the Giants receivers. Keep an eye on what Golden Tate's is, but if he's in, he's going to be my favorite one. He's the cheapest, and he's probably going to be my highest projected as of right now. Look, Daniel Jones loves throwing to the slot, just like Sam Darnold loves throwing to the slot. Shout out Jamison Crowder, 75-yard touchdown yesterday, 13 targets. That's the type of game that Golden Tate can have. I don't know if he breaks a long touchdown, but just a lot of usage in the slot. Sterling Shepard is normally used in the slot when Golden Tate is not healthy. So if Golden Tate does miss today, well, then Sterling Shepard gets the biggest bump of them all. Sterling Shepard played the slot 47% of the time last year, but mainly when Golden Tate was inactive, because when Golden Tate was healthy last year, he was playing the slots 86%. Of the time, he's gonna have a matchup against Mike Hilton, which is eh, fine. Mike Hilton's a good slot cornerback, but I don't think elite. And Daniel Jones loves the slot, so keep an eye on this. This is going to be very important. Obviously, both of these injuries matter for Cortland Sutton and Golden Tate because it's a two-game slate, and they're pretty big-name receivers who play a lot of snaps. But if Golden Tate is going to be out today, shift over to Sterling Shepard, who will move into the slot and look very good at fifty-two hundred dollars for his matchup. Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton. I mean, it's going to be a matchup here that we don't really know yet. I'm going to assume it'll be a little bit of Steven Nelson on Darius Slayton. I don't think they're going to shadow at all. So I think Sterling Shepard will see some Joe Hayden. He'll see some Steve Nelson and vice versa for Darius Slayton right now at this point Sterling Shepard I think based on the fact that he moves into the slot I think that I would prefer Sterling Shepard to Slayton Slayton's gonna be a little bit more of a boomer bust upside and because of that I think they put their best cornerback on him to take that away that option away downfield a little bit more and I think that's where we probably see a guy in Steven Nelson come in but also since Darius Slayton works down the field more he's gonna have to deal with a little bit more Minka Fitzpatrick in the secondary at the safety position so that's a little bit more difficult for a guy in Darius Slayton who's a boomer bust type of a player more so all in play for me I'm not excluding any of them from a player pool as of right now. Lean Golden Tate if he is indeed going to be healthy. The more that you slide down here, you have Jerry Judy, who I think can only have his arrow pointing up tonight. He's healthy. KJ Hamler's banged up. Quilton Sutton's banged up. He's the only healthy receiver on this team right now that's worth a damn as the first round pick for the Denver Broncos this past year. He probably faces the veteran in Jonathan Joseph, whose arrow is continuously turning downwards with his age. I don't think he's bad or anything like terrible. I think it's a fine matchup. I think Jerry Judy will be fine whether he moves into the slot or to the outside. If KJ Hamler can't go today, well, then yeah, you're going to see Jerry Judy move primarily into the slot. Otherwise, I think he'll move into the slot. He'll move to the outside some Tim Patrick it depends on what happens with the status of these guys if Hamler's healthy I think you'll see a little bit of a split in the slot and Jerry Judy will still move to the outside at $4,200 it's hard not to like him and then if Colin Sutton is out it's going to be even harder not to like him because he's going to project out as the wide receiver one on his team at just 4200 and then you get to some guys that I think are definitely in play still James Washington look a lot of people love Deontay Johnson I didn't really talk about him so Deontay Johnson's at 4400 if he gets to avoid Bradbury it'll be a fine matchup it's really yet to be seen who they're going to put Bradbury on James Washington or Deontay Johnson I don't know if it'll be a shadow matchup Bradbury shadowed some times last year. And in some matchups, he got beat by guys like DJ Shark. But I don't know if any of these guys are going to have that ability to do so. so. It's yet to be seen, but I think they're both in play. It'll really be coming down to ownership, I assume. Their projections are pretty close between James Washington and Deontay Johnson. I currently have them projected out for only 0.6 or 0.8 of a difference right now. So they're pretty much looking like the same projection. You have James Washington for $400 cheaper, so he'll look like the better value play just slightly. But so for me, it's going to come down to ownership at that point, because I really can't tell you who they're going to be putting on who at this point. I don't know what the matchup's going to be. I'm not in the locker room. So Deontay Johnson and James Washington, the Steelers wide receivers twos and threes I think they might end up being the key to this slate tonight because it looks like that that's kind of going to be a toss-up when they're both going to project out pretty nicely I think Deontay Johnson is the better wide receiver but they're both pretty much right next to each other right now for me it's going to come down to ownership based on the preseason hype and the camp hype and the season-long hype but Deontay Johnson I assume he'll pick up more ownership that's fine he looks like an okay play but James Washington looks very similar and if it is less ownership I would lean there after that just Corey Davis stands out look he was terrible last year he continued to be cheap in the playoff slates and he just did nothing he's $3,400 he's shown no connection with Ryan Sandoval he's gonna have a matchup against A.J. Boye since leaving the Jaguars has just kind of gone arrow down for A.J. Boye. So I don't think it's a terrible matchup for Corey Davis. He's the only guy that I would touch down here. I will mention that Deshaun Hamilton and Tim Patrick start to look more appealing. If Cortland Sutton and or K.J. Hamler are, are limited or not able to go, I would probably go more so to Tim Patrick at $3,700 if there's no Sutton out there. I would go more so to Hamilton because he would probably move more into the slot if there's no Hamler. That's where I'm at with receivers again later tonight at 6 p.m. So be sure to hit the like button. The big old subscribe button will be going live and you can kind of see there on my, my, my updates. I'll be doing my crunches for 150 lineups. And seeing where i'm falling out based on ownership and things like that my stacks at tight ends now it's pretty simple there's only four teams on the slate evan ingram is the best tight end on the slate he's priced like it but nowhere near too expensive 5400 dollars for evan ingram i haven't projected for the most fantasy points among tight ends i currently have evan ingram projected for about four more fantasy points than any other tight end on the slate he's my best tight end value he looks very good in all formats i assume i'll be getting a good amount of him in my stacks and as my one-off options i like evan ingram a good amount and then after that it's just pick your poison you'll probably get these guys in your stacks more so than anything else no fun is okay He blocked just ten percent last year. He played just twenty seven percent out of the slot. He has a lot of weapons to deal with in the middle of the field now, so he's probably the guy that I like the least, only because he's forty six hundred dollars and he's projecting out very similar to forty three hundred dollar Eric Ebron, four thousand dollar Jonu Smith. So he's just the guy I'm getting the least when it comes to a value perspective. But I'm sure that I'm going to be getting some sort of stacks with like Drew Locke and Cortland Sun and Fawn and things like that, right? Or running it back with Noah Fawn on the opposite side. I would assume as of right now, I get the least in Noah Fawn just because of where he's sandwiched in between. I'd rather go up to Evan Ingram or down to Eric Ebron, who I currently have projected for pretty much. I have the exact same projection it's looking like right now. For Noah Font, Ebron, and Johnny Smith, they're all pretty much around like eight, eight and a half fantasy points. It's nothing crazy. So I'm going to be getting to all of them. I think Eric Ebron, his touchdown upside, how much of a good red zone player that he is, his matchup against the former Brown, Jabir Peppers, who is now the safety for the New York Giants. Peppers was okay last year, but I think the upside there for Ebron, he has a huge advantage over him. Ebron played 62% of his snaps out of the slot last year when he did play for the Colts before he quit on the team. He only blocked 2% of the time. So you have guys like Evan Ingram only blocking 5% of the time. I just don't want my guys blocking. That's the upside. Johnny Smith had a great year last year. He was a top 12 tight end for the 12 weeks that he actually started as the starting tight end. He played 67% of his snaps in line. But he had an 80% catch rate and he was sixth in yards per outrun amongst tight ends last year. These four guys are in play for me. After that, I don't really have any interest. Advance McDonald projected for about half of the fantasy points as the rest of these guys. There's upside there, obviously, if he scores a touchdown. So he's currently not in my player pool. I might add him at just $2,700. You're really hoping for a touchdown at that point. And then after that, I have Anthony Fursker projecting for about 2.9 fantasy points. He would be my sixth highest projected tight end at this point at $2,500. So again, you're asking for a touchdown there to be able to compete with like the Evan Ingrams, Fonts, Ebrons, and John Smiths of the world. So I think right now I like it as Evan Ingram. Ebron, Johnny Smith, and Noah Font in that order, but I'm not going to know until I do my projections later on. I'm not covering defenses. Anybody that asks me about defenses, I don't care about defenses. I randomize them. It's a random position. Yes, you can look at defensive line matchups against offensive lines, but it's hard to know what these teams are going to be this year. But even if you look at that, yes, that's going to lead to pressure and forced fumbles. And you're hoping for maybe a fumble recovery for a touchdown, but how am I supposed to project a guy uh, having a 70 yard pick six, breaking three tackles, making a spin move and diving into the end zone without stepping out of bounds, right? It's, it's random. So I'm going to just shuffle those defenses up. I get whichever ones that I get. I probably won't put any defenses against my offensive players i'll have to decide in the optimizer if i want to put any defenses against my offensive players it's just a two-game slate i'm fine doing it obviously on showdown slates you almost sometimes you're forced to on two-game slates we'll see if we need to based on the salary prices of those defenses but almost 30 minutes 25 minutes whatever it might have been on a two-game slate for monday night $350,000 $350,000 to first, whatever formats that you're playing. Check out Monkey Knife Fight, promo code SALNFL for a free $5, an extra free contest, and my 10 hours of daily fantasy sports. We talked about it midway through. If you skip through this video, some nice plays over there. And so pretty much talked about three props that i like to be more or less on the over or the under. So you can check those out. All the information is linked down below. Before you go, hit the like button, subscribe button, and follow me on Twitter at Salvation DFS to stay up to tune with all of my content for the rest of the week. And if you hit the subscribe button and notification bell on this here YouTube channel, you'll be notified of when I go live. I don't know exactly when I'm going to go live tonight. It's probably going to be between like five and six. p.m. I think the game started around 7. So I'd like to probably go live around 5 p.m. Go until maybe 6 p.m. or so. Get everybody ready. So be sure to put your big energy on. Put your backpack on. Buckle up. Get ready for school today on Monday. Get ready for work. Go do whatever you got to do. And then come back while you're eating your dinner, while you're relaxing, kicking back, relaxing, maxing all cool. I will then be hitting that go live button and we'll have a good party tonight. Have a great start to your week. The best day of the week Monday is here. You all rock. Like and subscribe before you go. And I'll see you all in the next one.